0: Welcome to Factor Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week I talk with farmers and producers, the science community, industry and policy makers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. There's plenty coming up on the show over the coming months and in the next few weeks I'm taking a look at the state of play of New Zealand's deer farming industry. Firstly. I have Innes Moffat, CEO of Deer Industry New Zealand, joining me on the show to give us a bit of an insight into the industry, its origins, and how things are tracking currently. In the following episodes, I will delve deeper into the industry, looking at the science and deer farming systems, and sharpen the focus on both velvet and venison. While some will be familiar with the topics discussed, others might not be so familiar. Either way, there will be something in it for everyone. Let's check in with Innes now. Hello, Ellis. Thank you for your time today.
1: Good morning, Angus. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, you are the CEO of Deer Industry New Zealand. Can you please tell me a bit about your role and the function of Deer Industry New Zealand?
1: Yeah, Deer Industry New Zealand is a statutory producer board. Uh, We are established by regulation, and our job is to assist with the promotion and development of the New Zealand farmed deer industry. Uh, We have a board... which which is comprised of farmer representatives, but also representatives from venison and velvet processing and exporting companies. Um, We collect a levy um, off venison and also velvet. And again, we collect that from farmers, but also processing and exporting companies. So we are an industry board, and we represent the full value chain um, of farming, processing and exporting sectors for the New Zealand farmed deer industry. Um, My role uh, as CEO is to assist the board really develop the priorities for the New Zealand farmed deer industry and then make sure that we've got the resources available and the people available to be able to address those and make sure that we're reporting back to our funders and our stakeholders what it is we are doing on their behalf and measuring the impact to their businesses, um, I, we also represent the farmed deer sector on a wide variety of uh, government, industry, um, pan-sectorial agencies. Um, we are a funder of Osprey, uh, so we represent our farmers on TB control, on NATE, um, various uh, government. Um, uh, committees um, around um, processing technology. Uh, yeah, so any, anything yeah. That, uh, that the deer industry has an interest in, we're, we're there on their behalf.
0: Deer farming in this country is relatively new when you compare it to, say, our friends in the sheep and beef sector. Now there will be some third generation deer farmers coming through. For those that don't know a lot about deer, can you run through their history in New Zealand?
1: Yeah, so we're about 50 years old. As a as a sector, um, the first deer licence was just, was issued in 1971, and so uh, deer have been farmed in New Zealand for really only two generations, uh, and we're learning all the time as well. Um, New Zealand is the country that really developed pastoral deer farming. Um, lots of other countries around the world have had deer uh, sort of in behind fences, but uh, more or less on on sort of estates or uh, game parks. Um, And also in some Asian countries, they have had deer confined um, for the production of velvet. But New Zealand really invented pastoral deer farming. Um, We have about 1,400 farms across the country uh, running deer. Uh, Our deer farmers are a passionate bunch. They really enjoy working with deer um, and uh, deer are an important part of an integrated uh, livestock mix. Um, they complement sheep and beef very well in terms of parasite management and also mm. pasture management. And so they are a good fit in lots of different parts of the country. Mm. Um, but the deer industry has certainly had its ups and downs. Um, it, farming deer uh, was one of the brave new ventures uh, that New Zealand agriculture in, entered into in the 1980s um, as we sought to diversify away from. Little lambs, um, uh, and seek other forms of revenue. Um, So, alongside fitches, uh, rabbits, uh, deer, uh, deer's really the one that the one that lasted and turned into a substantial and uh, by and large profitable industry.
0: Well, the two main products from deer farming are venison and velvet. Can you tell me about each of these products? And I suspect to non-farming listeners and readers out there, velvet might be somewhat foreign.
1: Uh, Velvet is a unique product. Uh, It is the only mammalian tissue which regenerates annually. So stags grow antlers every year. They drop their antlers and then they regrow a new set uh, completely every year. Um, So it's really an an amazing um, tissue. Um, That velvet, when it is growing, is harvested. and that is sold to primarily Asian countries where it's used uh, in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, Its primary function is to boost the immune system and to provide energy. Um, In Korea, which is our main market, the biggest customer base that we have are mothers who are buying products which contain deer velvet to give to their children to to boost their immunity at the beginning, beginning of winter. Um, so that they can avoid colds and flu. Um, Venison is the main item uh, that we produce. Um, It is primarily exported. We export about 90% of our venison, Mm. um, and it has traditionally gone to high-end food service, uh, and particularly in in Europe, where there is a strong tradition of eating venison through the autumn. Um, We think venison's the best meat in the world, uh, it's mm. lower in fat than skinless chicken and higher in iron than beef and lamb. It tastes good too. Mm. Um, but we now export venison sort of to about twenty or thirty countries around the world. Um, the USA is growing as a very important market for us as well, um, and China has emerged over the last two years as a an, a, a market of great potential. Um, it is now our third largest market.
0: Do we mainly farm one type of deer in New Zealand? Red deer, most will be familiar with. But what about wapiti, various crosses? And we may have even seen deer out of Yugoslavia on New Zealand farms at one time or another.
1: Yeah, red deer is the main species which is uh, farmed in New Zealand, although I should uh, hasten to add that wapiti and red deer are the the same species. They're just a slightly different variation on it. Um, Mm. Most of our red deer come from uh, Europe uh, the, the the early deer were imported into New Zealand in the 1800s for uh, for uses for use as sport um, these came from Scotland and England primarily um, within the red deer subspecies there's quite a range in in size so uh, Scottish red deer are sort of are quite small animals um, As you move around the globe, moving further east, the body size of red deer increases. So, yeah, New Zealand did import quite a few deer from Eastern Europe, Yugoslavia, as it was known then, um, and Hungary uh, in the earlier part of this century, um, to give bigger body weight, so you had faster maturing um, animals. and also different different handling configurations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you carry on further east, um, you get through, through Russia and then eventually into North America, where um, a spe- subspecies of um, uh, service alifice, a mm-hmm. subspecies of red deer is, uh, is the North American elk or wapiti. And these are really big animals. Um, adult, st- adult bulls uh, can be 400 kilograms, 500 kilograms. Um, and so they have been imported into, into New Zealand um, in, the, uh, in the 1990s uh, for use as terminal sires. So putting a wapiti ball across a red hind um, will produce a faster growing terminal panel so that it'll get to uh, slaughter weight a bit quicker. Um, a real focus for the industry over the last 10 or 15 years has been on recorded breeding values Mm. Um, and so we now have uh, a much better idea about those elk bulls and those red deer stags who can confer the best growth genetics um, uh, onto their progeny so that they can get up to a terminal weight quicker Um, and there's some excellent excellent um, examples have recently been sold um, through the stag sales um, of animals which can um, They've got breeding values which are plus 30 kilograms over the industry average um, in both species. Mm. So farmers have got more choice about buying um, good good recorded elk bulls, good recorded uh, red deer, stags to meet their breeding objectives. And that might be terminal growth or it also might be velvet.
0: How did the COVID-19 pandemic impact venison and velvet markets and in particular farm gate returns?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of a a bit of a, a story of two halves there um as i said before velvet is primarily used to boost the immune system in asia mm. so demand for new zealand velvet over the last couple of uh, last couple of years has been very strong mm. and we have seen good growth in the the uh, the, the volume going into asia and yep. also the, the the number of uses um for our deer velvet. that is increasingly being used in modern over-the-counter formulations that people are purchasing to to give to their families at at the beginning of winter boost their immune system so that they can avoid coughs or colds. Mm. Um, Deer industry in New Zealand is not saying that there is any evidence that Deer Velvet um, uh, boosts immunity against Mm. COVID-19, but it is how that product is used in in the traditional Chinese setting. So Velvet has, has done quite well over the last 18
0: months that's good Uh,
1: the story for venison is more or less the opposite Um, most New Zealand venison is consumed via restaurants in the northern hemisphere Uh, so I think it was on April the 10th 2020 uh, that all of the restaurants in our main markets were closed so that caused a huge disruption to Mm. the food service trade. Mm. Um, We had a period of about 12 months where uh, it was very difficult to be selling significant quantities of venison into restaurants in our main markets. So that led to a pretty substantial drop in farm gate returns here in New Zealand Mm. um, and also a substantial increase in stocks, um, both here in New Zealand and also um, amongst our importers who were Had faith that the market would recover, um, and so we're continuing to buy, uh, but just uh, didn't have the the outlets uh, that were open. Um, I'm very pleased to say that prices to farmers are are recovering. Um, Okay, they are up about thirty percent on where they were this time last year. That's good. Uh, And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, Firstly, the the recovery of the food service market in Europe and in North America has allowed uh, the resumption of sales and sales are going very well at the moment as those as those, um, restaurants reopen. Um, secondly, all of the venison marketing companies put a big effort into developing retail programs, particularly in North America and mm. um, the USA. This is a market where we have not had a lot of um, access uh, previously. Um, it hasn't been a focus for the uh import importing companies okay um, because food service has been where you know it's uh it's a niche product uh you can get better product better prices for it in restaurants um but it, that has shown to us that we are a little over-reliant on that one sector yep so we are it's been pretty tough to try and develop a new account uh with these supermarket chains during a pandemic
0: absolutely you know,
1: it's difficult to go along and do a product demonstration or a tasting when the supermarket is you know, banned to visitors. Yeah. Sort of thing. And certainly you can, you could not do any any retail tastings.
0: So how's it going?
1: So it's going really well now. Um, all of the companies who are focused on North America have, uh, have developed um, a much larger um, customer base. Um, yeah. Um, they're also Focusing on direct to consumer and online sales, mm. and it's taken a while, but the volumes which they are now selling um, are beginning to make a material difference to the returns that they can provide to New Zealand deer farmers.
0: That's this fantastic. Economy. So it's
1: important for us that we continue on with the investment and growing that demand and growing those accounts, so that we can have a more balanced portfolio of markets to try and avoid the uh, some of the some of the booms and the busts. Uh, which have characterised the New Zealand dairy
0: industry. Uh, yeah, so. indeed. And um, how are the local markets for New Zealand dairy products going? Venison for a long time was not widely available for domestic consumption at a supermarket level that I can remember but of course we all remember Colin Meads promoting velvet supplements, don't we?
1: Um, <clears throat> I'm sure those velvet supplements helped, Colin. Um, <laughs> the the um, Yeah, New Zealand is a, is a growing and more important market for venison now. Uh, as you said, it never used to be available in supermarkets. Uh, it was much more of a, a restaurant item. Um, but we've got three companies who are putting a big effort into developing the retail, their retail accounts. Um, Silverfin Farms, First Light Foods, and um, the Merchant of Venison, um, a trader from Christchurch, uh, um, are putting a lot more consumer and home cook friendly items onto the shelf Mm. you know a french a french rack or a a whole venison short loin is a fairly expensive and fairly daunting piece of meat you don't want to get it wrong Um, so they've developed much more easy to cook items starting off with mints but also diced venison or. you know small easy to put leg medallions um, in smaller packets so that it's less of an an investment and also a bit less risk Mm. Um, and those are going really well Um, all good supermarkets in new zealand will now stock some venison items Um, you may have to look for it because there won't be a venison section Um, but in amongst the other branded uh, meat products um, all good supermarkets will have a venison item or two in there as well and the mm. other thing you can go online and you can order it as well and there's home delivery which is now much more much more real for uh, for everybody so um yeah it's it's new zealand is an important market for us we want mm. people to be able to get access to it mm. uh, we're also doing a bit of work with new zealand chefs with the culinary schools mm-hmm. <clears throat> make sure that they're aware of the availability and quality of farm-raised venison. Uh, So we've got our chef, Graham Brown, who does tours. And uh, yeah, still continuing to uh, tell people about uh, the best way of cooking venison. Well, you shouldn't be afraid of it. Um, It is a lean meat, uh, but it is really easy to cook.
0: Mm, Fantastic. Now, there's been a lot going on in terms of policy change for farmers. Freshwater regulation is a big one, and of course, emission reduction is center stage as well. How do deer farmers fit into these issues and are they impacted in the same way other classes of farming are?
1: Yes, they are. I mean, 80% 80 of deer um, are run on sheep and beef farms. So um, they're being, you know, they're an integrated livestock uh, into other operations. Um, Farmers are needing to manage the impact of their deer um, as well as the impact of their sheep and cattle and their other farming operations. We are concerned about the impact of the uh, environmental regulations on our deer farmers. Obviously with the freshwater regulations requiring large areas of farms to put up fencing to exclude livestock from from waterways, mm. um, deer fencing uh, is a lot more expensive than uh, than a hot wire to keep cattle
0: out, Indeed. Of, out of a stream. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we've certainly been um, Working with government to seek to um, minimise the impact of these regulations. You know, I think most farmers uh, are acutely aware and, and have been working on uh, improving their water management. Um, and I'm not entirely sure that they get enough credit for that. Um, so there's been an enormous amount of fencing and planting undertaken voluntarily um, on deer farms uh, across the country over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, the dairy industry was a bit of a leader in environmental management. We've had the uh, Elworthy Award, our Dairy Industry Environment Award, has been up and running for about 20 years now. So, dairy farmers are certainly not protesting against the need for improved environmental management, but they are seeking some understanding around the, the cost which is being imposed upon them. And also, we wanna work with government to make sure that the outcome has improved water quality not just fences. So we've still, we've made submissions to government on the fact that where fencing is problematic, um, we should have the ability to manage water via a a good farm environment plan Mm. rather than blanket livestock exclusion. Um, There is some some extensive properties where exclusion is simply completely impractical. Yep. There are also some properties in some very high rainfall areas where, again, if you're going to exclude animals from the waterways, you basically have to exclude them from the whole farm when they have these high rainfall areas events, um, but then that water quickly, quickly dissipates, it carries a minimum uh, nutrient loading with it. Uh, so it's just, it's it, it seems completely unnecessary to us to insist upon exclusion in mm. those instances so we'll continue talking to government we'll continue trying to take people to these affected deer farms to get better understanding around the environmental mitigations which are already in place um, and get them to share our view that it's the outcome which is important it's the improvement in water quality uh, rather than blanket fencing requirements Mm, mm. Um, in terms of the uh, greenhouse gas reduction plan, um, Dairy Industry New Zealand is a signatory to Hawaka Ekanaua. We do believe that farmers need to monitor, manage and reduce their greenhouse gas emissions uh, and um, are encouraging all farmers to read the uh, consultation documents on the pricing options which are currently up for consultation. Um, we signed up to Hawaka Ekenoa, um you know and and and, su- and support it um, and al- also support the the essential requirement of it that it must not threat that any measures which are put into place must not threaten the viability of business um, deer because they're a relatively new uh, newly domesticated species mm. um, um, they are they have a higher methane emissions profile than some of the other livestock uh, so do run the risk of carrying a higher burden um, in terms of their their methane charge Um, but at the same time are primarily run on the most extensive types of operations and so have the fewest mitigations available to them Uh, we don't feed them daily we don't bring them in Um, some deer are left to run on a Uh, on a hillside for six or eight months um, Mm. before they're they're actually uh, brought into the yards.
0: And um, what has engagement been like with farmers on this program and Are you getting around at all as part of some roadshows to engage with the farming community on these issues?
1: We've been having discussions with our environmental reference group, with Mm. members of the Deer Farmers Association, um, and certainly been inviting people to to, uh, talk to us about it. Uh, We won't be holding roadshows, but towards the end of this month, we will be running a couple of uh, online sessions, webinars, where farmers can um, so, we'll be we'll be publicising those through our emails out to farmers. Um, we are encouraging all deer farmers to attend the road shows that uh, Dairy NZ and Beef and Lamb New Zealand are running uh-huh. um, to make sure that they can hear firsthand from uh, the the, the organisation, the partnership, um, yep. and also provide them with their feedback. Uh, we have produced some case studies on the impact on deer farms. Mm. Um, the you know. <clears throat> such a wide variety in different farm systems um, that it's very difficult to actually say this will be the impact of that uh, so we've 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 done case studies on four farms um, some intensive north island properties some very extensive south island properties uh, some properties with some ability to sequester uh carbon other other properties where they basically have no no ability to be um, planting trees because of regional council rules um, mm. and we'll be sharing the results of those case studies with um with our farmers and also with other members of the partnership so that they get a better understanding of the impact on
0: on the d sector i certainly look forward to reading that too look um annis I, I know you're busy um i'll let you get on so i thank you very much for your time today
1: thank you very much angus for the opportunity to have a chat and uh, look forward to doing it again sometime
0: well thank you again to anis And that's all from me this week. Tune in next week as I start to focus in on specific areas of not only deer farming, but the industry as a whole. Thank you for listening and catch you next time.